Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, is famously quoted for saying, let thy health be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. The apostle John wrote, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. As the years have passed, more and more of the mind and body's connection has become more apparent. With the rise of holistic medicine, attempts to take a more preventative measure in contrast to the reactive role of modern pharmaceuticals. Today, I speak to Rini Brown, who attempts to educate and help people recognize and nourish the two, body and soul. On a side note, I wanted to apologize for the delay. I know it's been quite some time since the last episode, but I hope that the wait was worth it. And now for today's episode of The Pushback. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to another episode of the podcast. I uh, just want to give a shout out to all you listeners uh, who have downloaded, have, have subscribed and followed up to this point. Uh, this could not have happened uh, without you guys. Uh, so I absolutely want to just, uh, you know, thank God for all of you, um, for all the shares and the and the positive feedbacks, as well as the reviews. Um, and if you haven't already, it would mean a lot if you're able to share reviews on both Spotify, Apple, just helps uh, bring more awareness and attention to the podcast. And if you've been blessed in any way, if you've enjoyed it to any degree, doesn't cost you any money, uh, but a good name is to be sought after more than gold. So it would mean a lot if you could just leave a review on it. Um, I have a very special episode today, and um, I'm really, really excited. Uh, oddly enough, and I won't say uh, the name of my workplace, but I was helping <laughs> a client who was uh, opening up a nonprofit organization. Well, you know, they're, they're part of an outreach, and we were opening an account for them. And, you know, I noticed uh, in our interactions through email, there was a little tagline, and that tagline was a quote. Um, and if I want to make sure I'm not butchering it, but it, I believe it was, uh, in one of John's epistles where, uh, the apostle John says, you know, dearly, but I, I, I pray that your health may prosper as your soul may prosper. And it's a beautiful quote, um, that I think really resonated with me because I'm somebody that I, you know, I've had stages where I only focused on my spiritual life. I've had other times where, you know, I was more concentrated in my physical health. And to me, just knowing that there's not a, a there's no false dichotomy, like, you know, health is health is wealth, you know, and there, you know, as you guys will, I'm sure here in this conversation, uh, they're beautifully intertwined with one another. But I have here none other than a sister, mother. Uh, wife, Miss Rini Brown. Miss Rini Brown, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to my followers and 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 the listeners? Sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you um, allowing me to let my voice be heard here. Uh, I'm very excited for today because uh, I've you know a little bit about me. I love the Word of God first and foremost. I am a princess of the Most High. And his word feeds my soul. So this whole idea of, of health and all of that, my, my soul is, is fed by his word. And so I'm excited to talk about that today. I haven't um, necessarily always been a Christian, but um, and, and in times in name only. <laughs> okay, so 
but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> that in this world you have lots of Christians that don't really show that character and it yeah. does us a disservice. So I was one of those at one point. And I had my Nicodemus experience in 2012. And that journey actually started when I, uh, my, I have had some health issues and decided to um, make some changes. And once I did, it cleared up my mind to be able to hear the spirit in a different way that I never heard before. His word touched me in a way that I was willing to um, walk the walk, right? And so from that time until now, you know, just, you know, living that day-to-day -day life of being a mom and a wife and trying to do the best for my family, uh, homeschooled my kids for many years, worked part-time um, as a dental hygienist. Uh, I have within the last year transferred over. I have a doctorate in biblical naturopathy and getting out of the dental profession and into a more holistic approach of mind, body, and soul for, to, you know, help others. So, which is kind of the premise of the, the nonprofit, the faith-based organization that you had mentioned earlier. So there's, you know, yeah. much more that I could say, right? Because there's a, <laughs> a lifetime of 45 right, years right. To, to be said, but that kind of gives a little bit of um, overview, unless you have any other questions that you'd like to ask me. I'm an open book. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 and tell me again, you know, because I've tried remembering that, 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 um, that subject since you've mentioned it. Um, you said it's a degree in biblical, what's that word? naturopathy so it's a natural approach to health yeah and it's okay. you know my okay. focus and, is and, a and biblical what, biblical. What oh. as a biblical all right so for those who may not you know know that there is any sort of health um guidance or counsel or anything like that in the bible and you know maybe totally unaware of that uh, what could you share in, in, and I know that, you know, you probably can't sum up everything that you've learned all in a couple sentences, but, you know, if you could just give us a brief summary, a little bit as to like, you know, some of the things that you've extracted from the Bible that have, has, you know, you've been able to apply and implement in your everyday life. Sure. So um, let me just, just preface by saying when I say a biblical worldview, um, it, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean that science is thrown out. Okay. Cause a lot of people think that science and the Bible um, yeah. cannot are not intertwined and they are God is the author of science. And, and in fact, the more I look at science, the more I'm fascinated about how God already said it first, um, how his word had already had, had shown that idea before man had realized, Oh, I've done, these three years of research and it was already said. Um, so some things that, you know, you can see in the Bible about that. So um, for instance, Naaman, he had leprosy and his um, servant, he, she was a slave and she was an Israelite. She said, Hey, go, 
go to my land, the prophet there, Elisha, he can heal you. Elisha says, go wash in the river Jordan. And he's angry. He's like, I have cleaner rivers where I come from. Why would I want to go wash in this muddy river? But there's a concept there with this, with mud, you know, people spend lots of money to go to a health spa and sit in mud. And why? Because your integumentary system, your skin is... Um, your largest organ and it can you can pull out toxins and things Um, the same concept holds true like hospitals they used to use when people would overdose on on, you know whatever like Mm. even if it was poison or overdose on drugs they would use charcoal to bind that and to so to help Mm. the person so they wouldn't die and so you have principles right. even like essential oils are in the Bible um, and the the healing power of smell like juniper. It helps with depression. Well, Elijah, wow. not Elisha, Elijah, when he was running and after he had seen this miracle, right, with the fire coming down, he does a marathon and he's just exhausted. And, and he what's interesting, the Bible, when it... Um, it, when it speaks of things, it's not just for random, beautiful to make the picture. It's always for a purpose. Okay, so when it says he 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 slept under a juniper tree, there's a reason. He was fighting depression. He's like, Lord, just put me to death. I just let me die. Right? He was he was like done with life, but he was under that juniper tree, and the juniper helps. Um, science, you know, there's research articles that it helps with depression. So just the smelling, when we smell our, goes into our olfactory, um, cells and hits our brain and, and it creates these endorphins and things. Just like if you think of a smell, um, that reminds you of something in your past, like cookies of my grandmother used to make, you know, um, raisin cookies or what, you know, lots of different things that are triggers for a memory. So they have used um, mm. uh, aromatherapy to help with PTSD. So the, the list could go on, but those are just two examples. Yeah. And in fact, That's you really know, good. what we're talking about here with Ephesians 5 and this societal thing right now with women, you know, wanting to um, this women's lib movement and how do you as a Christian woman balance this between your rights and um, being a Christian and this idea of being submissive that, you know, there's this struggle. I mean, can you live in this, live in both worlds? We will find as we go, sure. there are health principles in here that I'm really excited to share. Yeah. Ooh, we're definitely going to have to tap into that uh, <laughs> shortly. I did want to ask you something, you know, and I, and I, and I love the examples that you brought up because again, you know, these can be details that we can just easily look over just for the sake of a narrative and never really think to ourselves, okay, was there any other purpose, you know, uh, that we can extract from, you know, other than just a story being told and, and whether it's, you know, indirectly teaching us about some natural remedies or indirectly telling us about some things that God used naturally to bring about uh, his good. How, how do you how do you know when to prescribe that to yourself and when not to? So say for instance, like, you know, when Jesus uh encountered a blind man, 
And, you know, I, b- I believe the, the narrative goes that he prayed for the, the guy and then all he saw was trees. Or I could or I could be mixing a story, but at some point he like spits in the dirt, creates mud and puts it on this person's eyes. And then miraculous, miraculously, this man is able to see again. So, you know, how do how do we know? OK, this is a story, you know, that's meant to uh, describe the, the, the love and the miraculous ministry that Jesus had here on earth versus, okay, maybe I need to go out, you know, encounter some blind people and spit in the dirt and put on their eyes. Like, how do you know when to differentiate between extraction and application? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think um, that that muddling that has cost a lot of people their life. Right. Um, So you, so as an individual, so there's, there's two different perspectives to look at this through, look at um, this lens to look at this through one as being a practitioner and one as being the, the one that need that needs healed, right? The one that needs that restorative power um, given to them. Now, uh, so I guess which lens do you or which lens are you looking through when you ask that question? Are you looking for as uh, honestly, as, uh, oh. like 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 not even to one in particular, but just you know whether whether it's you know just as a reader, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm not somebody who you know has experienced blindness, but I'm also not in the health industry, uh, you know, exercising you know, prescriptive treatments on individuals. Maybe I'm just reading um, and I'm hearing, you know, examples like the ones that you brought up. And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, like, that's beautiful. That's incredible. How can I be able to know the difference between just a narrative or is that even something that, you know, is doable? Is it something more we kind of stumble upon? Um, is it is it something that is I don't want to say it's serendipitous because I, I do believe that sometimes God brings about um, beautiful things sometimes when we're searching, sometimes when we're not. Um, but yeah, just as just as like someone who just is just casually reading the Bible. Okay, so I understand your question. So it takes study. I mean, it takes time. It takes willing to dig. Um, when I when I look at a topic. Um, I extrapolate information and create and thoughts are created by um, I I have about four different things, processes I'm using. Okay. So one is context. I'm reading, I'm reading the passage and I'm looking at what's the context here. Then I'm reading the passage and I'm thinking, okay, every word is important. And that's what that's biblical. I, the, the Bible says that every word of God is important. Not one jaw or one tittle shall be changed. So that means that even right. to the dot of an I and the cross of a T is so important to him. So that means that the words that are used, the, the, the things that he's given in there are important. So I'll do a lot of word searches. What does this word mean? Because in today, in my culture, mm-hmm. the word may mean something else than what it, what it was intended for. So I look at not only context, but then I look at all through scripture, I'll trace that word. I'll do, I'll use a digital concordance 
And I mean, there's times that I've looked up over 300 texts so that I can get the full understanding of what God wants to say with this one word. And I'm telling you, when you do that, your mind is blown because then you're finding out how he uses the word. That leads me to my third point. So there are words that, um, that I will look into the Greek and the Hebrew and see what is the definition of that word. But then God can um, identify that word and give it another meaning or what's called a symbol, right? So in Revelation, um, we can see that um, water, it can be drinking water, but he has identified it also as many multitudes, nations, and tongues, and people. So water can represent a a lot of people, a lot of nationality groups. Yeah. Um, in this Ephesians 5, a woman can represent a church. So I'm looking at the word traced throughout the Bible contextually, contextually within the passage and what God places the definition with it and what the actual definition is. And then I formulate mm. my opinion. Now, the last thing I do is once, my, once I have this idea then I say, okay, can this, does this contradict any, any place else in scripture? Okay. So if it does, yeah. then I'm wrong. If it, if it fits every nine out of 10, but that one thing is a, I'm trying to push a square peg into a round hole. My, my, my thought process, right. my idea is wrong. I've got to go back to the drawing board. So how does this pertain to health? As I'm studying, I will notice um, you know, different uh, nuances and things of, of different words. And it comes to me and I, I mean, we can do the work, but ultimately revelation comes from the Lord too. So if we put our time, he reveals right. it. And, and then not only that, but I also research and I'm just a geek. I'll, I'll spend time on peer review journal articles and I'll just read those. And he just Good. does this um, miraculous thing where what I'm studying, he, sh he leads it to me. He shows me in the word of God as I study. And so yeah. I guess the number one thing I would say to answer your question is study, study, study. And in the right way, if you study That's to show really thyself good. approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed, we're told in Timothy. So mm. um, I like that a lot because I feel, I, I, I think that, you presented that not one example or maybe one narrative is the same. And I, and I love that you appealed just going to the word and looking for those internal consistencies, looking at looking critically, thinking critically about it, not just this sort of formulaic, well, it's in there, so it's got to be true in every sense of the word. I like that you don't uh, suspend your faculties you know, and have a, a suspension of belief the same way that I would, you know, suspend my belief if I'm watching a TV show or, or something like that. Like I, I like I like that it actually enables you to to dig deeper, you know. And and I I respect that and I love that so much. What even got you interested in pursuing, you know, uh, a degree? In, in something like this, you know, I, I, you could have just as easily if you wanted to just kind of done everything on your own and, and just, you know, walk away as as a cool side hobby. But there there seems to be like a conviction behind it. You know, what what inspired you to pursue that discipline? Well, I think that 
when we, my life, I want to be, I, he, he gives us free will, right? So he wants to say, okay, what are your, what are your desires? What's your heart in when in accordance to his will, you know, we're told to ask anything we want according to his will. Right. So when I move forward and I've always asked, what do you want from me? What do you have for me? Where do you want me? You know, I just want to just be that clay in his hands. So I just felt like these were the desires I would have to help people. Um, I say, okay, well, what's, what's my talents? What are, what are, what aspects do I want to help people? And then I weigh that with the word of God and say, okay, is, is what I'm wanting to do biblical? Well, Jesus went around healing, preaching, and um, this whole mind, body, soul, and teaching. So the three aspects. So yeah. that's my holistic approach is to really work with people with their physical body their mental mind, their mental, and then their spiritual as well. Um, and that is the holistic mm. approach. And so that's the great commission, really. And so it comes from this, when you study the word of God, you can't hold it in. It like kills you if you hold it in, it like rots inside. And so when you say that there's this mm. intrinsic motivation, it's because his word is transformative and you don't think about self anymore. You want to think about others. And I want this world, yeah. I want it to hurry up so it can go to every nation, kids or tongue of people so we can go home, you know? So I, there, there's this um, great commission, I guess, that that intrinsic motivation really is um, what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for you, there, there, there seems that to have already been this presupposition of, okay, if, if you know, Jesus and his, in his earthly ministry or whether it's, you know, the first disciples post Jesus's resurrection or throughout the Bible, you know, you, you see this, this uh, care for people, whether it's uh, quarantining the person the, the, with leprosy, whether it's, you know, having them put their hands under running water and hyssop or whatever it is, whatever the, the, the case may be. And then even going back to the, uh, the quote, that you know you share in your emails as it pertains to the to the ministry and the outreach that you guys do for the holistic healing clearly that that's that's you know a conviction that you already shared prior but it sounded like you were in a search for how can you go about this using your gifts using your resources mm -hmm. have you ever received any pushback no pun intended have you ever received any sort of you know because one of the things you said earlier is that sometimes when people look at whether it's the Bible or whether it's your belief in the Bible and when they look at science, you know, I think there's already this assumed conflict and almost an intellectual war, you know, for you, like in, in, in your journey, have you what, what if, have, if you do receive any sort of pushback, what sort of objections do you normally get and how do you respond to them? Sure. So. I just want to say too, with that idea is people think that if you become a Christian, you have to shut off your brain and you just take things by faith and, and your, your intellect just goes out the door. And it's so not true. We're told in Isaiah, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. That is a, um, 
That is a calling to, of the mind to think. And it has to do with the washing away of your sins. So when people come, I mean, there is a war between this holistic approach for sure, um, between medicine and natural remedies. Now, I'm not saying there's not a place for, for pharmaceuticals, okay? If, I, um, if I'm in a car accident and I need surgery, you better believe that I want right. anesthesia, right? But who was the first? Who was the first right. person who? Who was the first individual that did anesthesia? Mm. That was God. I say that I know the answer. He put Adam in okay. a deep oh, sleep, Adam, yeah. right? He put Adam in right. a deep sleep, right, did right. surgery, opened up his chest, and pulled out a rib, and made Eve. So there is a place for these for. Um, pharmaceuticals that I believe can be a blessing for humanity. The problem that I get, um, that I, I guess, that I have that people can attend to, to push back or have this controversy is um, when the pharmaceutical is being replaced for the life change that God wants you to have. I'm going to go ahead and continue mm. to live this sinful life that I'm doing so that I can pop a pill so that I can live longer to continue sinning more. And so that's where you will see this war between, um, between the holistic and the, the traditional medicine that we call traditional today, but it's not. It's in, in actuality, I think it's revelation. This is going to be, this is going to be uh, very controversial here, but I'm just going to share it because this is going to open a can of sure. worms. Um, so this is <laughs> Revelation 18.23. Revelation 18 is talking about Babylon. Um, this is this okay. um, entity in the last days that's going to deceive the whole world. And it's connected with the beat, the bark of the beast and all of that. These are hot topics, right? Within Christianity. Uh, and so this, this revelation 18, 23 is in that context, speaking of this entity. And it says, and the light of the candle shall no more shine at all in thee, And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard um, no more at all in thee. for thy merchants. Now who's a merchant? A merchant a of goods, services. That's right. He's a tradesman. He's a seller, right? Um, we're the great men of the earth. So these are not only are they merchants, but they're rich merchants. These are merchants that are making a lot of money, right? Yeah. yeah. And by thy sorceries, by whose sorceries? Well, we're talking about Babylon, but we're also talking about the merchants, right? By thy sorceries were all nations deceived. That word sorceries right there. The, in the Greek, means medication, pharmacy. Is pharmakia, pharmakia Pharm the Greek word or something? Mm -hmm. Pharmakia is the Greek word, medication, pharmacy, magic, sorcery, and witchcraft. So what is mm -hmm. it that, so why can I sit here and say, okay, medication's okay at sometimes and sometimes not? Right. Like why, why, is, why wouldn't you just have this straight, cut and straight, cut and dry stance, right? right well, right. 
because we have to look at to the overarching principle that God's giving in the Bible, right? Is transformation. And the thing with Babylon is um, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. He, he, it's, this entity has caused all nations to drink of the wine of the fornication. They have not, they have not fought, been followers of Christ. This is the problem with Christians today, like we alluded to at the beginning. Um, when I was a Christian, not being a follower of Christ, I'm giving him a bad name. And so this idea of medication, whereas it has to do with holistic, he's not saying that you can't. It's the medication that you're using to continue a life in which that you shouldn't be doing. There are some churches today that say you can just do whatever you want and just do these couple different things and 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 then you can pray it away or like that sounds really bad, but I can, you know, I can I can do some some 20 prayers and then I'm forgiven. Well, no, I'm forgiven by the blood of the lamb. Right. And the blood of the lamb right. says, go and sin no more. So walk a new life, be that new creature. So that's, so, let, that's so let me, it. let me, let me yeah. ask you, cause, cause you, you, you did share several, several uh, important things. And one of, one of the things that I've, I've noticed you hear is that it doesn't sound, you're not, you're not advocating for, absolutely no form of medical procedures, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, you know, should mm -hmm. someone be, you know, in a grave accident, you're not opposed to anesthesia. You're not opposed to like needing surgery. It sounds, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I don't want to misrepresent, you know, mm -hmm. uh, anything you're saying, but it sounds like what you're targeting is like two things. Like one, uh, this sort of over dependency. And I, th and I'm basing this based off of, uh, conversations that we've had even prior to this one mm -hmm. is one of the things this over dependency on that that people typically have on pharmaceuticals and and, and spending so much on that that one it, it, it's it's not at all how we were meant to um, seek health you mm -hmm. know um, and and two the amount of money that they make off keeping people you know sick, and or just okay enough to get by, but also dependent on them. It, seems, it sounds like mm -hmm. it's the big machine of big pharma that you're kind of more so against. It doesn't sound like you're making a stance towards medical technology or medicine or, 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 or doctors. It, mm -hmm. Would that be an accurate representation? Yes. So I'll answer that question. I'll say yes, then I'll answer it with another part of your first question that I didn't answer. And that was, how do I, okay. um, con what do I do with people that give me pushback? Right. Um, I was in a sure. conversation and there's, and I approach that differently with folks that are Christian that I'm speaking with, with folks that I'm not. Okay. So with folks that I'm not, that I'm speaking with that are not Christian, I, if they don't believe in the Bible, there's no point in using the Bible. Right. So, I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. So I use research. And so, for instance, let's just look at this hot topic. Um, typically, people that are holistic, um, they will not be um, they're not going to tr um, promote vaccines. OK, so that's another hot topic. OK, 
And so mm -hmm. <laughs> when you look at these principles in the Bible, okay, and, and it's in the Bible and Leviticus says, don't touch any unclean thing. Okay. That word unclean in the Hebrew okay. has to do with a literal, but also has to do with a spiritual morality. Okay. So when it, when, he, when it's talking about touching and not putting unclean things into your body, like the, the particular animals, like the pig like the and the, pig. Yeah. yes. Right. Um, why would I want to take bacteria, viruses or different things and inject them into my body that are unclean to, to somehow tell me that I'm going to be well when those things are the things, the very mm -hmm. things that make me sick. That's like saying in order mm -hmm. to overcome sin, I need to sin. That doesn't make sense. Okay. I don't need to touch the unclean in order to be clean. So when, okay. which is connecting back to this, this, revelation concept when i'm talking with someone who is not um who is biblical i'll bring these biblical concepts right and say look at the bible said this and and it's connecting it to these these people who have a conflict of interest why are merchant men making a ton of money on something on pharmacia right. there's a conflict of interest i you could go through research and this is how i appeal to those that are not from a biblical worldview and say well why is it that that pfizer is the is pushing laws for vaccines when they are the ones that are making money for this okay and so you mm. appeal to their reason of conflict of interest basic science is you create a test and if you know are are the if it's a it's a if it's a research on milk well the milk industry probably right. shouldn't be funding it right so you take those mm -hmm. basic tenets of science and um, you appeal to appeal appeal to them that way so you you, you said a lot and i want to i want i do want to dig into um, something that you said because you know you it, when when you're when you were referring to i guess ethics or spiritual ethics convictions things of that nature as it pertains to something like a vaccine um and then you quoted leviticus now you know i i i don't have to um question that you're you're someone that especially based on even what you just said in this conversation for anybody that's hearing you for the first time you're not someone who just takes or cherry picks places in the Bible. I know that you make a, a tremendous amount of effort to put together and to look at the Bible very much how you want to live your health and everything else in your life holistically. You look at not just solo scriptura, but total scriptura. You look at all of scripture, <laughs> yeah. you know? I like that. So, because there are people that will, you know, they'll, they're very biblical, but then you'll kind of fail to see the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So when you, and, and I, and I, and I not granted, I know it's a hot uh, topic, but when you speak of, and, and I know that in the past few years, ever since the pandemic, the, the vaccine has been, you know, politicized to, in both sides of the spectrum, whether you're someone who's very much for it, very much against it, um, and those were particularly the parties that were being represented in the media for or against. Now, I, as, as, and I don't want to speak for you, 
but I'm assuming that, you know, with what you shared, you're, you're, you're someone that's against them. It was this more so, uh, based on, you know, the things that were going on during, during the pandemic, when there was this tremendous amount of funding and almost like a rush to find a vaccine or would is, would that be your philosophy against vaccines period? Yeah, so that's a good question. I just want to uh, say that I am against it for me, but everyone has to follow the di dictates of Ooh. their own conscience. So if someone comes and asks yeah. me, Rini, what course. do you want? I'm going to give lay out the pros and cons or what do you yeah. want? What do you recommend? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, well, this is what why I've made the decision and give them the information. I'm not going to recommend anything. You figure out what's best for you. Yeah. Okay. Sure, sure. So just the critical thinking when this all came out is um, yeah. I, rem I remember um, I thought before, before it came out, it was interesting because someone had sent me this video to watch and it was entitled Agenda 21. And it was this mock, okay. mock trial um, kind of thing, or not a trial, but a mock um, reenactment or what you would do, a mock planning session for a viral outbreak. And I thought, you know, right when this was coming out, they sent it before, and I thought, okay, this is weird. Like, just red flags, just your general um, discernment popped up. So then um, when it did come out, then my husband he was watching the news and everything. And he said, um, you know, Oh, to the kids, we got a package. He's like, no, 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 we got to put those packages in the garage. They're supposed to be in there for three days. I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, no, the news said there can, they can be contaminated. You could get COVID by, you know, giving, by touching this, it resides on there. I said, no, 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 no. This goes completely against basic science principles. Viruses are very, um, volatile. They're, they can be virulent, which means they're strong, but volatile in the sense that they need a host. They cannot survive without a host. Yeah. So in a matter of hours, you, you know, they're not, they're going to be inoperable there. Now I did get in a conversation with someone that says supposedly this new one coming out can last longer on inanimate objects. I don't know. It just kind of, unless the natural, unless it's been biologically, um, manipulated the natural tendency of a virus doesn't work that way. And so that went against the basic mm -hmm. premises of science and reason. Then you're telling yeah. me that, okay, a virus is so many microns small that when I'm, when I'm working in the dental profession, and I have a mask on the mask is only there yeah. so that I don't spit on the person when I'm talking to them or whatever for large molecules, sure. the little ones go right through. Yeah. And you had this wishy-washiness. I mean, you're talking about very intellectual people back and forth about different, about a topic of masks, no masks, masks, no masks. So yes, I'm not for them because it, um, this whole, with the COVID, I, I, I thought it was just, um, it was an agenda because it did not make sense to the basic, premises of okay. science and my intellect. And that's how I weighed that in. The more I studied, the more I found out, I and mean, we could go through a whole rabbit trail of all of that, but. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, and I do appreciate uh, the preface that you shared prior to that you're not trying to rob people of their autonomy that, you know, you're you're even if you may disagree with someone's choice, you are pro people being able to be free to choose, mm -hmm. you know, and I and I and I and I respect that. And I'm I'm somebody who um, feels the same way. But forgive me for for pressing, but it sounds like the the the, the part of, you know, vaccination period is it sounds like you're, you have some skeptical, some skepticism about its effectiveness. But it also sounds to me, and you could correct me if I'm, again, you know, I never want to misrepresent your views, but it also sounds like you're, there's, there's a certain spiritual conviction, you know, behind it. Because, you know, when you were speaking about whether it's, you know, uh, you know, the book of Revelation and, and, and you quoted Leviticus, you know, uh, in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, the vaccine and stuff, are they intertwined for you or are they like separate convictions that you also kind of happen to stumble upon when you were doing your research? It's like, oh, you know what? Um, you know, I, I found that this method or this particular thing is is unhealthy, independent of my spiritual views or was one feeding the other? Yeah, so it wasn't. So I, I just want to. I'm going to give you a little back history to answer that question because I wasn't always um, anti-vaccination. So I'm not only anti-vaccination okay. for the um, the COVID. It's not even a vaccine, but um, technically by how they are making it. But I'm not even for the COVID shot, nor am I for traditional vaccines anymore. But I wasn't always like that. My kids um, have you know, there's, I, I've done it to myself. I've done it for, to my daughter. I mean, this, it has been a growth process as I've studied and learned. Okay. And I think God winks at our sure. ignorance, but I'm convicted to now. And it's based on, because I studied, I, I didn't study. I would call myself a Christian. I never studied the word of God. So what's interesting when I became, when I decided not to continue vaccinating my kids, it wasn't actually from a, from a mm. biblical worldview. It was from okay. a health standpoint of science that I, that I realized the more I studied. And then it wasn't until years later that I realized, well, wait a second, you gotta be kidding me. This, this is in the Bible. And, and once I learned how to study the Bible, that's where it came alive. And that's where my, my science started um, connecting with the Bible. So it was, it wasn't, it, the reading the Bible wasn't driving, driving that thought process I see. until later. Now it I'm at like the separate thing. Yeah. Now they're intertwined. I can see. And if, okay. If I see science and it doesn't go, if it's not according to the Bible, I don't, I don't believe I will look to see, Hey, is that, is that true science or was there agenda behind it? Because I am 100% through a biblical worldview. And that doesn't mean That's to say very interesting. Yeah. But that doesn't mean to say I know everything. Okay. So if I, sure, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> I have to study. I'm, I'm going to forever study until I die. <laughs> Amen. And, yeah. I, and I think that's how it should be uh, with all of us. I, I, I think that even with the 
amount of wealth of knowledge and wisdom that we can have in the Bible, we're never done reading it. We're never done studying. We're never, and, and I don't think that we're ever meant to. I think God gave us uh, minds uh, and brains uh, for us to utilize and to maximize, you know, for a reason and, and not to just abandon it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether whether it's to let a pastor or a scientist think for us, so I, yeah. I am in agreement with that. I got asked though because that that this sounds like a bit of a loaded statement, and maybe you could clarify on this. Um, so I think this I think we only talked about this briefly last time we spoke, um, but I I, I want to uh, <clears throat> go a little bit more in depth just to kind of get your your take on this. So me and a couple brothers. Um, we've we've dis- been discussing ever since I want to say like af- like I think it was towards the end of Trump's presidency he had signed um, something where the Pentagon and um, Homeland Security I can't remember who else but they had to release all the info that they had regarding UFOs. And I believe the date was supposed to fall some somewhere in the infancy of like the Biden administration. I say all that to say, you know, in the past few years, the the, the government and, and the news, they've been sharing more and more things about UFOs and, you know, the possibility, possibility of uh, extraterrestrial life, all that fun stuff. And, and what I'm going to ask you is more of a hypothetical. Let's say tomorrow or whatever, you know, that there, you know, whether it's the news media, whether it's the government or whatnot, let's say all of a sudden we have found intelligent life. Like, and I'm not talking about, you know, somebody's terrible ring camera quality or something like that. Let's just say we found something. What would be your first knee jerk reaction? Would it be no that's not true because the Bible doesn't mention aliens or would your posture be more of like a, Hmm, let me, let me look into this to see if this is true. Like, I, I'm just curious as to what, what, uh, uh, fires off your thinking and where, where it begins. Sure. So I'm going to just, uh, carry this on with the, the health theme. Okay. So, and how can the health and aliens be connected? (laughs) I'm not going to connect them. (laughs) Only only you could tie those two things beautifully together. Only you could. Okay. So, um, in the Bible, uh, when it talks, it talks about an infirmity, right? Um, And an infirmity would be a sickness. But it also connects an infirmity to sin, right? The sin sick world. These are kind of, um, Christian catchphrases. And, um, and this is one of the reasons why the Jews, when they ask Jesus, when he healed the, we're talking about the blind man, Lord, who sinned that this man's blind him or his parents, because they knew that sickness was associated with sin. Okay. So, um, and he's like, you know, it's for the glory of God to be revealed. If, if when, yeah, when we, he said, when he, when he, when he, when he answered, like neither one of them sin. Yes. Yes. But that doesn't mean Jesus was, mm-hmm. he was saying that sin and, and the word infirmity and see, this is where you have to do the word search. I challenge, I challenge everyone do a word search on infirmity. 
okay? Because Jesus right, wasn't right. saying that he was saying neither one sin. This was for the glory of God to be revealed. But he was not saying that their idea was wrong. It's just wrong for this individual. Okay. Now, does that make sense? So just it, it, it does. I just don't I, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm going to bring it together. So if, if, if in the garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were perfect health. Okay. And then it was because of sin that death came and therefore sickness came. There's no, not going to be any sickness in heaven. Right. So if mm -hmm. sin and sickness are tied in the Bible and I, be, because, you know, we don't have, I wasn't prepared for this question. So I don't have a plethora of things no. to, to, yeah, to and, and validate not, that. Um, sure, sure. And, and it was, it was more, more, more so to kind of gauge your perspective, not yeah. so much for you to take a, a theological stance. Sure. You know what I mean? Because Lord, Lord knows yeah. um, if we're talking about our, our takes or our perspective, at least how, like, even for me, for example, like if I make a, th uh, uh, you know, when I read XYZ passage, this is my perception so far. And I try to give that sort of disclosure because I know that perspectives can be fallible. So mm -hmm. then if like the, the evidence turns out to be, oh, okay, this is how I perceived it, but this is actually what it's communicating. So that I try, cause I, I never want to like deter or misguide people mm -hmm. by prescribing it. And I've noticed that you've, you, you know, you're obviously very thoughtful, um, and not just the things that you say, but also in the things that you believe where you'll offer a preface um, or disclosures, you know, both to uh, uh, accurately represent what you are, uh, you know, believing or what, what you see, but also uh, to try to like, you, you, you clearly have listeners in mind. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that both you and I share that, that passion, yeah. that thoughtfulness, you know, so I never want you to feel like I'm trying to uh, corner you into a theological stance. You know sure. what I mean? Let's, it's, it's, yeah, I don't yeah, feel yeah. that at all. I just like to, I like to prove okay, all good, things good. by, I, it's hard for me to be able to give a, to say a stance or an idea based off without proving it. So I'd like to prove it, but, but I'm going to answer your question. That's fair. <laughs> so, so cool. here we have, you know, it, from my studies, sin and sickness are related. What does God do? He has says that, like, for instance, with leprosy, they were to be quarantined. They were to separate from the people so that it didn't contaminate. Okay. So it was the, those that were sick that were supposed to be quarantined. So for me to think that I, cause the world, the Bible talks about other worlds, right? Other, other worlds yeah. that he's, Correct. he's created. So just on the premise of yes. this idea of health, why would I think that, the, that God would allow other worlds to come to a sick world that's full of sin and contaminate them with that. Because this sin problem right. has not, has not been completely resolved yet because we're still on this earth <laughs> and the earth hasn't been made new. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, well, what is this thing? Cause it, that concept, remember this overarching principle of health and sin and sickness and health, this earth in my mind is quarantined from the rest of the unfallen worlds. And God's not going to allow okay. that infestation to, to move to these other worlds. And so what then would that entity be? 
Well, in Revelation chapter 12, we're told that the devil was cast out of heaven. That just shows you have this, this sickness that was the, of sin in heaven, and it could not reside there anymore, and he was cast to the earth. Now, Adam and Eve chose to listen to the devil, and, and now we are in this mess. And now, and I choose at times when I'm not walking in the spirit. So that entity, those supposed intelligent life forces, um, life forms that in this hypothetical scenario, I would, um, in my mind would be demonic forces. And, and then how would I, how would I know that for sure is what they're speaking contrary to the word of God. Because if they're intelligent life forces and they're giving communication, well, is what they're saying contrary to what God has already given us. And that's how I would evaluate that. And that's how I look at how I look at it at this point in my life. Yeah. No, and, and, and that, and that makes sense from a, from a spiritual perspective, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and to me, what I find interesting, um, you know, because it's so weird and I don't know if you've ever found yourself thinking this, but you know, like sometimes I'll read, something Jesus said, and I'll read what the Pharisee said. And I think it's very easy for people to read and be like, you know, look at the Pharisees, like they're the bad guys, they're the villains. But sometimes I'm like, wait a second. I think if I knew what they knew in their time, I would probably be saying the same thing. You know, like when, when Jesus, and mind you, Jesus was always telling the truth, you know, and but like, you know, when he said things like, you know, before Abraham was, I am. And they're like, hold up, dude, you're not even 50, mm-hmm. you know, and you're claiming to see, like, like to me, it's like, OK, that is clearly their rationale, their comprehension, the way that they've uh, comprehended scripture. And yet it was the people that weren't educated and maybe it was to their benefit because they weren't educated based on whatever or at the mercy of the perception of the teachers so then when they did have these encounters with jesus there was no presupposition all they had was what he said and what he did just like that one blind man that was like when they're like so who do you think he is and he's like well look all i know is that i was blind and now i could see Mm -hmm. and and that that experiential knowledge was enough for him to like you know place his faith in jesus later when they met one-on-one I say all that to say that for me, I've sometimes, like I trust the word of God, but I think over the years when I've, when I've like been introduced to a certain nuance in the word or something like that, I've, I've come to find how fallible my interpretations are. So, you know, if tomorrow aliens showed up, like, my immediate thought would be like, whoa, like, I wonder if it's real because I just feel like it's, it's not that hard to hoax stuff nowadays, especially with technology. But let's just say, hypothetically speaking, there's, you know, a hundred percent true that aliens are here. I don't know if I would even have a thought to that. There's part of me that's just like, you know what? I still got to go to work tomorrow unless they're just going to call off, you know, everything. And they're going to start freezing mortgages where there's going to be like a, a crisis or something, my life is pretty much going to go on. I would find it fascinating, but I, th- I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily have like a spiritual stance. And I've and I and I've noticed that, especially in the, these past few years, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's the mask, the masks or something, it seems that 
at least with a lot of evangelicals here in the United States, there seems to be this spiritual stance that's also communicated along with, it's almost like, hey, you know what? Not only do I not agree with masks, I think that Christians shouldn't be, you know, you should still be able to go to church and, 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 you know, despite there being a lockdown, like they'll appeal to like the American right to, you know, relate the constitution, which I don't have a problem with, you know, but it, but it seems like, like now more than ever, politics and religion are starting to be more and more intertwined in people's stances. And then on the other side, you have the more progressive side, which is almost wants to just secularize everything and not even really have religion voiced. And and for me personally, it's weird. I don't know if I'm like in some, some weird middle of the Venn diagram, but it's like, to me, I just, I almost don't care to take a stance. I just, okay. If the evidence shows that the more people get vaccinated, the less hospitalizations happen. If that's if that's the empirical data across the board, then I, I would say it's good. If that's not the case, and it's really not helping individuals, if wearing masks does not help prevent contraction, then I'm like, hey, then they're really not important. They really don't serve much, much good. But instead, I feel like people are... And maybe this is just because of whatever caricatures I'm exposed to on the news, but it seems like people are more concerned about, I got to say the thing that's very Christian, or I got to say the thing that my conscience is saying, and then like data comes after. It's like dogma before comes before data. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's why sometimes it, it sounds like just two sides accusing each other of an agenda. Because if I follow one, there's an agenda. If I follow the other, there's there's there seems to be an agenda there as well. Sure. And it's almost like a little bit more difficult for younger people to kind of navigate their consciences because now it's like, hey, before all I was worried about as it pertains to my spiritual life is if I'm being obedient to Jesus or not. But now it's like now I don't I don't have a freedom to wrestle with where I can be a Christian and a Republican or a Christian and a Democrat or a Christian and an independent. Now it's like they're so intertwined where I can be disqualified by my brethren in my faith if I choose to do one thing over the other, you know? And it, and it, and it seems like it's, I don't know if that, cause, cause I've, I've heard a recent study that Gen Z generation X there seems to be less and less professing Christians, less and less Christians believe or people just believing that when you pray, there's a God that hears you. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there's so many different factors. I don't think it would be fair to say, oh, it's ever since the pandemic or it's ever. I think for me, for us to point to any one historical thing would just be dishonest because, you know, whether it's like your parents, whether it's the church you grew up in and let's say there were just not teaching the Bible at all. There's probably a myriad of factors. So I think it'd be impossible to just paint an entire generation with one brush. But at least with my peers, that seems to have a, a tremendous amount of factor. You being very strong in your faith, you being very passionate about your convictions and holistic health, something that I honestly think that we don't have enough of, you know, what what's what sort of encouragement do you find 
period, whether it's in the Bible, whether it's in your community, whether it's, you know, in your marriage, your children, whatever, what sort of encouragement do you find when maybe your faith just seems to be struggling? And it just seems like the, 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 the voices and the noise from outside are so much louder than the one above. Like, what do you personally do? Yeah, so I'm going to relate this kind of to what you're, I mean, you've said a lot there. A lot I, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to catch up to a lot of the talking points that you brought up. So I, I'm just going to recap. Okay, so sure, we're sure. talking about gender Z and X and this group that just kind of feel disconnected from God that maybe don't profess. Um, they're frustrated with maybe this dogma and agendas of the world. What do they believe? Where do the, like, where do I kind of land and how am I supposed to sift through all this mess? And then you're asking, you know, how, how would I holistically kind of reach this group? Is well, more so for you, more, or, more, more so like, how do you personally deal? Like when, like, I, I, I don't know if there's anything that, any of us, I'm sure everyone has something to contribute mm -hmm. and I don't want to put the weight of, of two entire generations on you to say, Hey, you know, Rini, now it's your turn. You got to fix this. Yeah. But more so like for you, and I'm sure that maybe for some people, whether it's meditation, maybe for others, it's finding the community, but for you personally, when you find yourself like, okay, you know what? It seems like the noise of this world or the outside seems to be getting a little too loud and I'm having and I'm just trying to hear God, mm -hmm. you know, what, what, what helps you in your personal life? I just, I, I quiet, quiet with him. I, I have to, if I don't get up early and have my quiet time with the Lord and study in prayer, I'm not that nice person that I want to be during the day. <laughs> so I have to put on the armor of God in the morning. That's now good. here's, to go back to what you're saying with these gender X and Z and, and my generation, these people, everyone is, is fr are frustrated, depression. What do sure. I do with life? And we have a society right now that, that not only is there's a mental health care crisis, but we spend as a nation more money on health than, and we're the sickest people. That's good. So something is not working. Now, how does this relate to spirituality? So did you know that when he, when the Lord says he tries the reins, there's a Bible verse that I had here. Um, let me just find, see if I can find it. Um, that sure. word rain. Let me see. So this would be in uh, Jeremiah. Okay. So part of the, I think um, this is Jeremiah 17, nine and 10. And it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord search the heart. Yeah. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. So there's a lot in this text. Number one, I think that, this younger generation, they don't have great role models for people to show them Jesus. Christians need to step up. They need to start reading their Bible and they need to start acting like Christ. And what did Christ do? They didn't, he didn't serve self. He was the most servant evangelist ever. He served others. 
And I think that you can't, in this world, we want to um, create laws that will promulgate uh, promulgate morality. I think that's the right word or propagate um, to push morality. Yeah, yeah. Um, We want to create laws to do that. That's not God's way. You can't law morality. Only love can can bring about love. And we're supposed to love the Lord. And if we want others to love him, we need to love them. So if we would show Christ more to others, I think it would he would be more palatable for people. But then and and, I agree. And so with that, um, he says here he tries the reins. Now, what's that word reins? In the Hebrew, that word rain means a kidney. It's figure, it figuratively means mind, okay, as the interior self, kidneys or reins. So in our mind, so it means two words, kidney, two things, kidneys and also the interior of our mind. Now, the interior of our mind is the limbic system. That's our heart. That's, that's the feeling center, okay? So he's trying our feelings. What are our Am I believing that that there are aliens because I want to believe it, or am I, am I believing it because of what the Bible says? Am I am I taking this drug right, because right. I like how it makes me feel and I can eat the junk that I'm eating um, because I don't because my diabetes is out of control because I'm eating garbage, or should I? I'm just, you know, so he's trying those emotions and those those feelings and what we want to do based on his word and the life he's given us. Now, the second thing is kidney. Did you know there's this Middle Eastern um, belief that the different organs affect our our mind and our and our um, feelings? Okay, the I liver. If your liver's bad, then it will you will become more angry and have bouts of anger. Okay, so this there's this whole um, chart they have now. What is the difference between Middle Eastern religion and today? Well, Middle Middle Eastern religion has some things that are based on science, but they will they they don't point to the one God who who is the healer. Okay, they don't give credit where credit's due, and it's it's within yourself. So I don't discredit everything of Middle Eastern health. I just come at it from a biblical worldview, and this the Bible here is tying feelings and the kidney. Okay. So when our health is off, it's going to cause us, and I'm just going to speak from myself as a woman. Women, when their hormones are off, it creates a whole lot of emotions. They, they just have, you know, outbursts of anger, sadness, rage. You know, we're just in a roller coaster. This yeah. affects our spiritual health. This affects, does God hear me? I'm a Christian and I feel depressed. Why am I depressed? Because the, I should be happy with the word of God and the, and the grace that I have in Jesus. But why can't I not get out of the bed? I mean, these are real struggles that Christians are having. They don't realize that their body is affecting their mind. And the Bible shows that. Mm. And so what is the hope that I give myself and I give them? There are holistic ways that help with macronutrients, micronutrients, herbs, lots of different things that the Lord has given. And that's the hope. I want to bring hope to people that he that we can not only hang upon his promises, that it's real spiritual, but there's also a real promise physical that he wants to give us of of redemption. I, I, you know, and I, I love that because, you know, I think now 
more than ever, we are starting to see that the things that we do intake affect how we feel, you know, whether it's people, you know, like alcohol, like obviously that's been popular for a long time, but, you know, this is a known depressant, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, unfortunately for some people who may uh, find themselves abusing it, you know, um, or just depending on it more than they would want, you know, maybe as a form of an escapism, this, if someone's already feeling depressed, they could be, they're actually increasing this by taking on a depressant, you know? So we know that on some level, what you intake can make things worse. And I love what you're about because I think that you like proactively focus and teach and educate on the things that make you better. You know, like uh, I want to say about almost two years ago, I was suffering from these really bad anxiety attacks, these panic attacks. And, you know, very much like you, like I really wanted to go a natural route. You know, I didn't, I I, I feared depending on something, um, even if that something was going to help me, I, I, I wanted to attack the root. I didn't want you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure so many people would, would want. So I started learning about how, you know, the importance of gut health, how your stomach acts as almost like a second brain to your body and like the microbes, the prebiotics and, and the good bacteria that actually can help influence your mood. So, you know, I started focusing more on greens, more on plants, uh, organic, you know, organic hail and, and spinach. And, you know, I'm not saying that it was this sort of miracle drug that just made everything go away, but I did notice uh, increments of progress over time, but also noticed that when I did eat bad, how much worse I would feel, how I felt like it made my anxiety worse. And then I used to be a huge drinker of diet soda. Like I used to drink a lot of soda and then I was like, okay, you know, these diet sodas, these zero sugars, they don't have sugar, therefore it's not going to do me any harm. But you know, so many of them have aspartame um, or aspartame, however people want to pronounce them. But like this artificial sweetener, that's actually terrible for your nerves. And I noticed that I thought it was the caffeine, but you know, I actually like starting my day off with like some green tea, and I noticed that that caffeine had no effect on my anxiety. But when I would drink these diet sodas, mm-hmm. that artificial sweetener was terrible for my nerves. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's really important what you're, what you're saying and what you're communicating, because there are clearly natural God created things that we are wired to receive, you know, whether it's the mm-hmm. fiber in plants, whether it's the fiber in, in, in fruits and things of that nature. And I know that we didn't even go into the whole uh, your 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 philosophy and, and uh, on on like meat and stuff. And we could you know totally have that conversation so, at a different time. Yeah, I just got to say one thing. I got to stop sure. and say one thing here from what sure. you just said because it's sure. okay. You have made a connection between what we put in our body infecting our nerves, which affects our mind. Right? Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. is that I hear that what you're saying? A hundred percent. Okay. So taking this back to Revelation twenty eight. Um, or 1823, Revelation 1823, it says, by this, the whole world is deceived. How is the whole world deceived by health? Because whatever drugs, whatever food that we're putting in our mind 
or in our body is going to cloud and affect our mind. And we're going to discern good and evil differently than if we had been cleared out. And so that um, principle, and it goes on to like, here's the food that you just mentioned with diet. Daniel 1, okay, you have Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? People know them by the Babylonian names. So you have these four individuals and they go in and now, so here we have Babylon in Revelation 18, but then we have literal Babylon in in Daniel 1 that is taking this four men captive, castrating them and making them servants of the king. Okay, so their hormones are off. Their physical body is has a change now about what was done to them, what they were mutilated. Right. Now, with that, they are they are told they have the king's table out. Now, these are pagan, and these were the Babylon was pagan. The Israelites were not right. They followed the Levitical laws of the clean meats. Now, so you know that there was all kinds of unclean things on that table. But what did they say? They didn't say, can give us clean meats. They said, we just want pulse and water. Mm. Pulse is a type of legume. We just want, we just want water and, and, and legumes. This plant-based, it's, or like vegetables. Pulse can also mean vegetables. So they yeah. had this plant-based diet. Now, what happened after that? 10 days, they said, try us for 10 days. And the Bible says they looked fairer and fatter means healthier. The word fatter was healthier. Their countenance was brighter. Interesting. Now we're told in Daniel 12 that the Lord says, Daniel, who will in the last days, he will stand in his lot. So in, in revelation is the last day. So there is a principle in Daniel that is for us today to overcome the warfare that's over our mind hmm. and what we put in our diet. I, and I, I, it's, it's very interesting and it's weird because here's, here's my take on that. And it's weird because I, I, I think that there's a lot of empirical evidence um, to the conclusion I have more of a theological problem with Daniel 1 and all that being used for that because to me and I'm sure that you, I think yeah, I think I would bet money if I had to that you probably read this way more times than I have so I'm almost anticipating you <laughs> putting me on the right track here but if you'll indulge me mm-hmm. I I you know when I I hear people you know who are proponents of like plant-based diets use Daniel one. And I don't even have a problem with the plant-based diets. I, I think that the uh, evidence just shows across the board that essentially plant diets is essentially the way to go. The healthiest, mm-hmm. you know, promoting uh, longer mortality, uh, cholesterol, promoting, you know, optimal levels and all that. My only problem with people using Daniel one and the story of, uh, you know, the Hebrew servants, you know, requesting for that is to me, it's, it's almost like when people use Philippians 4.13 as a means of saying, see, look, we could do anything mm-hmm. that God gives us the strength to. It's almost like I agree with that conclusion, but I, I'm, 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 it, it just kind of sounds like a sequitur 
fallacy for me where it's like, I, be- I believe the conclusion, but I'm not 100% sure I agree with how you got there. Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like in the book of Daniel, like this was more of a religious protest than it, than it, than it seems to, more than it sounds more like a prescriptive way of how people in 2023 should be eating. You know, it sounds like something that is is more so inserted into the text and then extract extracted out while almost ignoring the the main point of how when because my thing is this. Here's my quote unquote pushback. And I'm not even trying to push back on the plant based. That's okay. But, but it's more so like if this was true. And it wasn't just like Daniel wanting to adhere and practice obedience to God through the Levitical laws. Then why in this theocracy of God over Israel, why not prescribe that to the world and, and you know, like not and, and, and not to everybody else? Like, why wouldn't God want everybody on a plant based diet? Wouldn't mm-hmm. he want everyone staying away from pork? And pigs who are probably like the worst eaters who will eat their own feces and all that stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> why is it cool for foreigners to do that? And then, and then, and then I kind of feel like there's a little, little big, a little bit of like cherry picking because then it's like, okay, Israel can't, you know, mix up their fabrics, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, look, we're cool with the plant-based stuff, yeah, but the whole polyester and cotton thing, we're cool with that. So it just kind of seems to a little mm-hmm. uh, be a little bit selective. And I'm only saying this as it pertains to people that may use the Bible as a form of prescribing plant-based diets as a form of spiritual obedience. When I feel like, especially later on throughout in the New Testament, we're like encouraged to not judge each other by our diets, by what we eat, do not touch, do not taste, and not to be subject to other people's uh, personal convictions, but to actually be sensitive to others' conscience. And, and, you know, so obviously if I'm in front of someone who might feel that it's both a health and a spiritual conviction, I'm probably not going to eat some ribs in front of you. That would probably be unloving and a little bit disrespectful. It might even be disgusting because people don't exactly eat ribs civilized. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but I, I like, I don't know. I, that's just like my take on it. Sure. Yeah. There is a, there was a lot there. And um, typically when people say, okay, well, you know, we're not supposed to judge. And that's what's interesting is they f- their understanding of judgment is off. And I'm not saying yours is, but when I've gotten that, by, by simply giving information right. and research, then they're like, don't judge me. I'm like, I'm just giving you information. Uh, The Holy Spirit's convicting you right now and you don't like it. No, that's a a really good point because not at any point did you say, if you're not doing it, then you're somehow a less obedient Christian. Yeah. You're just promoting healthy living. Yes. So you got me. You got me me pretty good there (laughs) because maybe it was like my own conviction trying to speak to me saying, hey, did, did, did Rini at any point try to prescribe it to you or hang it over you? Like, hmm, like, you know, if you're not eating this, then you're not. No, she didn't. So maybe it's just my own conscience bearing witness against me in that regard. Yeah. Very interesting. We have to look at judgment and judgment is a very interesting thing because we're told. And I think it's John 16. When the spirit comes, he will reprove the world of righteousness 
and of judgment. So the, when the Holy Spirit comes, it convicts us. So yeah. have you ever gone to a, a sir? Like there was some time I'll just speak personally went sure. to church and their sermon, you know, was preached and I got in the car and I'm like, oh man, that guy was so judgmental and blah, 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 blah. And you know, this was like 15 years ago. My husband's like, I never heard any of that. My conscience was getting pricked with something and I did not like it. <laughs> so, right, right, right. so when truth is just given and we have this instant kick pushback, right? Pun intended on this, <laughs> right. that, that we have to be able to be willing to evaluate ourselves. That's good. And say, what, what is God trying to tell me here? And what is this person trying to say as an instrument to him? Are they number one, an instrument for him? Because there is a difference between giving truth and letting God work on the person wherever they want or saying, you're going to go to hell if you don't do this, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? That may be truth, but maybe want God wants them to get off the pornography and beating their wife first. Right, you know, right. like I, you just so. So that's with that. The other thing you mentioned is the I, this is why I don't like taking one text. Right. Because you mm. can build an entire theology off of one text. Or again, yeah, even though you shouldn't, but you can. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so there are other texts to show. And, and this is the one you didn't even mention, but I, that I always hear, well, well, Jesus ate fish. Or like you did mention the fact that, that the Lord prescribed yeah. other, you know, he prescribed other things that Israel could eat, except right. for, you know, the unclean. So why now? Well, what we will find what there in the Bible, there is this um, thought process, which we can, I can bring, I can show you these scriptures. Sure. That as sin increases, so does the um, degradation of the animals. Okay. okay? So as, as we, as we go on this earth and as we pro pro progress in time, the earth is getting more and more wicked, just like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah, right? Okay. And so when that happens, the earth is subject to this as well. The earth is waxing cold, like an old garment. Mm -hmm. That is something that's worn out. That right. not what it, what it used to be, but now this is a deterioration. So if we go to um romans 8 21 and 22 let me just go there really quick here romans 8 and this has to do with walking in the spirit and um you know and overcoming those things of the flesh romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters because i want to overcome myself. I want to overcome my desires and I want the Lord's desires in me. Now we just were talking about, which you, you stated that what we put on our body can affect our mind and it Absolutely. can affect what I'm doing. Yeah. So here, when we look at Romans 8, 21 and 22, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. So this is saying that not only are humans, you know, battling this corruption, the earth, the whole, the whole creation, the animals, everything is getting worse. Here's another place, Hosea 4, 1 through 3. Okay. Um, let me just pull that up. One. 
It says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Okay? Because there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. So this is a group of, this is people that have turned their back on God and truth, right? Now that's sin. Would that yeah. not be sin? That's corruption? Yeah. Now he's sure, telling sure. us, we don't have to assume that that's corruption. He's telling us, verse two, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood toucheth blood. So they're killing, they're doing, and, and this blood touching blood, that's unclean. They weren't, to, if they were to touch blood, they were unclean. Now, verse three, yeah. therefore shall the land mourn. So now the land is crying out. When we have Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel, and there was a curse on the land because of that. The earth is also cursed because of man's sin. So the land mourns, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. Here's this, with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. So as this killing, this committing adultery, this swearing, this lying, as things are ramping up in this world, we see this the land's mourning, the beasts are languishing, the fowls. So here's this idea. When you go back to Daniel, they they understood this. Yeah, but they, they knew, okay, what's the best thing for us to overcome Babylon now as captives? They understood this principle of diet and our mind and not. And so then they became this, they were, they were smarter mentally. They went through the education of Babylon and were unscathed and still followers of God. And we're able to glorify him yeah. even more. So yeah, yeah. there's not, you know, there, and there's, you know, we could, it, it would take a whole podcast to just lay just that principle out. And I just want to touch on one more thing you said, imagine. is that you had sure, said sure. that, you know, God, why wouldn't God want it for everyone? Why just not the children? Why not the children of Israel? Mm. Well, you know, right. why? And, and so here they Paul talks about them giving, being given the oracles of God. They were, they were supposed sure. to share it with the world. He gave a certain group his message, but it wasn't only for that group, right? But they created a wall of partition that, that God had to break down. They were supposed to be witnesses to the Gentiles, but they weren't. Okay. They were supposed to be lights to a darkened world. So it wasn't, these, these um, things were not, if you go back and you look at the Ten Commandments of the Sabbath, the stranger that was within thy gates was supposed to keep the Sabbath as well. It right. wasn't for only the Israelites. These were principles that would benefit the whole world. Now, right, right. whether they wanted them or not, that's another thing. Of course, of course. I mean, uh, like I, I know that there were certain laws that were meant to be kept by foreigners or, or non-Jews or Gentiles, for lack of a better word if they were going to be residing within the land. But it seemed like some of those um, Levitical laws or Mosaic laws seem to be limited within the boundaries or the possession of Israel rather than sort of this sort of prescriptive universal moral law. Like by the time we get to, you know, Acts chapter 15, where, you know, right now there's debate as to whether or not, you know, uh, Gentiles should be subjected to some of the Levitical laws. And then they have this huge council and Peter explains his, his, uh, 
experience in, from Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius and his mm-hmm. house. And they pretty much all come to this agreement saying, you know what? As long as they abstain from sexual morality and abstain from things, you know, with blood. But there was no mention of like, hey, they got to keep the Sabbath. Hey, they can't keep on the same clothes. And I'm perfectly fine with like when I read the Old Testament, understanding that this is a very specific covenant that God had with Israel. My pushback isn't even so much on the Bible. It's more so on people saying, hey, see, look, this was the right way. And God only did that with Israel. But for me, it just looks like God had this very specific relationship with Israel. And then that ends up becoming a bigger relationship with the rest of the world and to those that come to faith in him and place their trust in him and then want to live according to him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I'm not saying that you necessarily did this, but like there'll be conversations where somebody will say, well, look, we have to keep the Sabbath. Now look at all the benefits of the people of Israel. And I'm not even arguing those benefits, but I'm like, okay, but what, but why are you prescribing this in a way that the new Testament doesn't to, uh, Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So it, it just kind of seems like sometimes people read into the text, these things that they want to prescribe and bind my conscience in a way that the word doesn't seem to be doing so. So I'm going to, um, agree and disagree. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so I agree with the idea that we need to, um, we, we need to come and not prescribe something to someone else, but truth is truth. hundred um, percent. And if so it's true, you got to You got to tell no matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no getting around some things. And so there are some people that will say, well, we, there, there are some people that will say, we have to do these Levitical laws, like keep the feasts. Otherwise you, there, there's no salvation for you. And, and it's those laws that you are referring to in acts that they're, that it's, he, Paul says, listen, if they want to keep the feast, it's okay. Cause it's going to point to Christ. Maybe they'll eventually get it in their mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the other one that they were talking about was circumcision. Um, sure. now here's a, here's a principle of circumcision that circumcision was to point that you were going to have a circumcised heart Romans and, and Hebrews. Like we now want our heart circumcised from the flesh, but does that mean that circumcision, um, is, is null and void? There's a prince. There's a, see, this is where we for, we throw out the baby with the bathwater. No, we're not saved by circumcision, but yeah. there's a health principle there of cleanliness that helps men. And did you know that God's so wonderful in his, his prescribing this, that in the baby, their vitamin K doesn't even start to activate until after, until the boy was circumcised on day, day. Yeah. So day eight, they were circumcised. So that, that, vitamin K, that clotting factor. So there are so many health principles. If we yeah. threw out the Levitical principles, we would yeah. never have washing of hands. The guy who said we should wash hands before we go into surgeries. Did you know he died in a sane asylum? He got it from Leviticus. Wow. Wow. So here we have, and you mentioned the clothing. Did you know that? Cause this was one thing I asked the Lord, I was like, what is up with this clothing? Like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and he answers my questions and not always in the same day, but as I search and I study and I talk to other people, did you know that we have um, this, now it's going to seem very new age, but it's very scientific. We can measure energy that we have as individuals. Okay. Our different organs will emit different types of Hertz energy. 
So when we have um, there, I think it's like um, when you're on your deathbed, like you have a, you know, obviously a low energy of vitality. The word, the Bible calls it vitality, the word okay. energy and vitality. Um, so we say energy, the Bible is using the word vitality. Um, at life, excuse me, it uses the word life. The Hebrew word for life is vitality. Okay. okay so when you look at cotton, it's, it gives a higher um, level of energy hertz than what silk does. Silk is on the same level of energy that, uh, that we would be if someone was on our deathbed. Cotton gives a higher energy. Flax, the linen, gives even higher. Did you know polyester is plastic? So these people are like, I don't want to drink from plastic water bottles because I don't want the phthalates. But then, you know, we put polyester on and we're sweating and then we're like sucking in this plastic. So there's health. I was like, oh, and then, oh, so the mixing of the fabrics, if you take cotton and you take flax, the energy runs, this is measurable. The energy runs in opposite directions, So they will cancel out at each other. So mm -hmm. God set these principles up so that his people would to, um, would be healthy so that they would prosper. It goes back to the Bible verse, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as yeah. your soul prospers. Third John yeah. one, two, it wasn't that he's like, I just want to put you in a box and have all these constraints with you. So that you're like, I mean, miserable. Yeah. He's yeah, like, no, here's things that will in this world of sin, as the, the degradation is going down, the earth is waxing old, your food isn't as, as healthy. Here's some things that you can do to give you extra life and vitality, you know? Yeah. So, no, and I, I actually love the benefits being extracted and how they're, you know, with, with people like you and people that are doing the research and the labor by having this information out there. I guess what I'm more so pushed back on is the ones that, like prescribe it as also a means of spiritual obedience. Because even though, for example, you, you brought up health benefits of circumcision, right? And to that, I'm always, you know, I'm as, hey, if the evidence says so, you know, and then, and you know, that that's, that's evident, then yeah, by all means. But my part, I, I try to share that posture that Paul had when he wrote the church in Galatia, they were, and, and, and it actually alludes to something that you said earlier. Um, and I feel like you were you were talking about the motive as to why you do things like so, for instance, like even something like aliens may not necessarily be something of an explicit nature. But do I want that to be true? The motive and my, the thought behind it could absolutely be reflected upon spiritually. So, like, you know, the people that were getting circumcised, like now, if, if I get my son circumcised because of the health benefits, I think that that glorifies God. If I circumcise my son because I believe that only then would he be considered a child of faith through Abraham, all of a sudden my motive, it's radically different. And that which I think um, Paul was like avidly against, because, you know, for you who attempt to live by the law, you must be able to live by all of it. And by, by doing so, you frustrate grace and therefore have fallen out of grace. You who try to justify yourself by doing works of the law. And, and I think that's more specifically the thing that I'm against is the things that are, you know, sometimes people will present them as benefits. And then I think that in the past I've had people 
go the extra mile and present them as no, 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 they're not just beneficial. It is a direct reflection of your obedience. Mm -hmm. So you're, if I don't, if, if I don't get my son to circumcision, it's not just a health preference. I am actively rebelling. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm against me personally, mm -hmm. because I do think, I think that it is wise. You know, it's, and I remember my mom and I, we actually had a conversation about, this is going to sound really silly, but we had a serious conversation about pastors that are, you know, I want to say this as diplomatically as possible. That may be very, very, very physically unhealthy, you know, very, very overweight. And we were talking about that and we were like, you know what? Like, obviously it's unwise to live an unhealthy lifestyle because you cut your mortality down significantly. You're more at risk of heart disease. You're more at risk of type two diabetes. You're more at risk of, you know, stroke, heart attack. At what, like, at what point can we say spiritually that it that it's wrong? And we were just having this candid conversation about how maybe certain things could be separate, but there can be times where they can overlap. You know, where it's like maybe eating, I think, I think I brought this up to you last time we spoke, um, where it's like, okay, some people believe that unaliving yourself would, is a cardinal sin, but if you live a, ter like you don't get any sleep, you eat terrible and, you know, you just don't take care of yourself where well, you're, you're kind of doing that, but you're just doing it a lot more gradually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then it's like, at what point, and, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the answer, mm -hmm. but, you know, I say all that to say that I think for me, it's more so when people um, will kind of hang like almost like gatekeep where it's like, you know, you're not a Christian. If you, you know, if, if you're not doing the feast or if you're not keeping the Sabbath, if you're not, and that to me is also kind of weird because it's like, okay, you not only do you want to be Christian, but you want to be Jewish. And I mean, well, it's just is weird. There, so um, this is where I find interesting because a lot of times Jesus was Jewish. Uh, of course. And, and so I find today Christians want to create a different religion. Yeah. And there was never another religion. Jesus didn't come to change the religion. He came to fulfill hundred percent. And there are multiple laws. Like we use this word law as this umbrella, but there is, there are multiple laws. And which one are we talking about? Because there are the, the laws that were, there were the laws that were the 10 commandments that were put inside the Ark of the covenant. Mm -hmm. Then when, when God spoke to Moses, the Levitical laws, he, he, they called it the book, put this book and put it Correct. up against the the um ark of the covenant it was to be sitting next to it leaning up against it so here we find christ when he his his these levitical laws had to do with these the feasts the the and what was to take place in the sanctuary so here you have and and this is the law that colossians is talking about that the law was against us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. These Levitical laws were the laws of death. 
as Paul mm-hmm. starts talking about the law of sin and death, because the wages of sin is death. So something must die. So this lamb's going to die, but this lamb is really Christ on the cross. So now that that lamb is, is, has been sacrificed, there's no longer need for the lamb. But does that mean that all the law was abolished? No. No, it's just the one that he fulfilled. Now, guess what? Now we're told, he, Paul says, he, God wants to fulfill the law in you now. Mm-hmm. So now guess what? This is the beauty of the gospel. Yeah. I am able to overcome the sin, right? Because yeah. if the, all the law was abolished, if that moral law was abolished, then why? Then I can do, steal, commit adultery. Sure. There's no restraints. There's that satanic uh, saying, do what thou wilt. Right, if it right. feels good, do it, right? So Christians are held around a parameter of not... This moral, this moral compass, not because God is a tyrant and, and vindictive, it's to help guide us to be more like him. Now, what's Amen. interesting is the moral law, when you look at it in Exodus, if you do a word search, and I use the King James, so if you do a word search in, in a, um, I use eSword, if you do it in another digital concordance, it's going to come up different because it's translated differently because I use eSword. Look at the word um, commandments and um, covenant. And actually, I'll just look at it now. Sure. Um, covenant commandments. So the commandments are called a covenant. Now, what's a covenant? Yeah. That's a promise, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I look at that, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what are you promising in the commandments? If the commandments are called um, in verse Exodus 34, 28. And he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink. This is Moses drink water. And he wrote upon the tables, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. So these are the word of the, these were the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. Well, who's the covenant? That's Christ, right? Right. So here we have these Levitical laws that were point to Christ but then we also have the covenant, the the um, this moral laws that were point to Christ. So here, the law, which Psalms one nineteen talks about, the law is the word. The word in John one became flesh. So yeah. the Levitical laws pointed to Christ's death. The Ten Commandments pointed to his life. Yeah, he yeah. fulfilled the law in the flesh, but without sinning. It's so beautiful. And so when people come and say, well, I don't need to keep the law anymore so I can be justified in whatever I do. They are mm-hmm. crucifying Christ afresh. That he came so not so that we could do what we wanted so we could be more like him. So that the right. law would be fulfilled on us in Romans 8. So yeah. what is the purpose of the Sabbath? Because you've mentioned it several times. Yeah. In Exodus, it says the Sabbath is the thing. It's the sign that that we are sanctified. Mm -hmm. So I keep the Sabbath because out of faith that the Lord is going to sanctify me. He's going to cleanse me. It's points to my maker. So. And in this concept, well, you're going to be more Jewish. What is that? I don't. Jesus was Jewish. I have no, I have no problem like to be, to call myself, I, I'm a spiritual Jew. I'm grafted in. I'm no longer a Gentile anymore. 
Right. I don't have Jewish blood, but I am grafted in. Now I am a spiritual Jew. Right. And I'm but, okay with identifying that with that, you know? No, like, but but I'll, 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 I'll clarify because, you know, none of none of the things that I was referring to referred to moral law. None, yeah. none, none, literally none of them. Yeah. Uh, the Sabbath was an, was probably uh, probably the one of the easiest easiest examples because there are some who um, prescribe it as a commandment. To, like, but what I'm talking about is not justifying, you know, like, oh, okay, I don't keep the Sabbath, mm-hmm. but I'm within my biblical rights to observe it, whether one person wishes to observe one day or if the other every day alike, that's a freedom that, that the Lord has given us as believers, you know? So if I wanted to tell people, Hey, you don't keep the Sabbath, like don't do it because Christ made you free. I am violating that freedom, that biblical freedom that people have given the same way that they would be violating my freedom. If someone said, no, you have to keep the Sabbath, you know, for me, at least from a conscious perspective, you know, um, Jesus said, uh, or rather, like the uh, the New Testament tells us that the Sabbath was meant to, meant to be a foreshadow of Christ. That you know, uh, He was our rest. That we would no longer have to cease to work for redemption. That He finished the work for us. And and I think that the Bible, if someone were to interpret this 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 Christ given freedom as a license to sin, then I would say that they they just got the gospel all wrong. They clearly don't understand. Uh, this adoption uh, that we've been given, I think there's so much beauty in what we have talked about today. And one of the biggest reasons why I feel like I had to have you on <laughs> is because I feel like you, no matter what, whether whether we we view something differently, like you always you always uh, find a way to bring it back to the gospel, and I and I love that about you. You know, and, and, and I even when we're talking about health, I think it's important that, you know, the reason why health is even important is because we were created, created in the image of God. You know, our bodies are living temples of God. So I, 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 I that's why I deeply, deeply appreciate this conversation. We're absolutely if you're OK with it, I would love to have a part two with you and we could get into some of the other spicy topics, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that, we, that we've spoken about that I think that you would give tremendous insight on and stuff that I'm, I'm really not that knowledgeable in. But before we go, where can people go? What are some resources, websites, or whatever that you feel would be beneficial to people that want to learn a little, obviously the Bible, mm-hmm. right? But what are some other resources that, you know, whether it's books or whatever that people could go to, to learn a little bit more about holistic health? Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a really easy search online, um, you know, because everyone's going to approach it at different different levels and different places in their life. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, looking and saying, OK, I have I have a cold. You know, what's what's a ho- search online holistic approach or um, natural pathic remedies for the common cold or things like that. So those, I mean, I think just taking that time and doing that, there, there's a ton of resources online. So okay. 
Yeah, so it's book- pretty easy to find if, as as long as like you're you're trying to look for holistic health. And if someone, because I know that um, Redemption is now is coming out soon, um, is 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 this something that people like can look into right now? This outreach that you're a part of? Oh yeah. So um, my the it's called Restoration is now uh, Restoration to restore back to you know what we what God created us to be. So restoration is now, yes, I'm working on the website and um, that should be a place of, for resource that just, it's not up and running at this time. My um, health business is dunamis um, health strategies. Um, Dunamis is the Greek word for power and it's directly tied with, um, you know, healing that the Lord did. So um, that with my, I just moved to this area. So I'm in definitely a transition with, um, you know, how I can work in this area and stuff. Yeah. So, so those things are coming and, but until then, you know, people can find all kinds of stuff online. The, a lot of the books that I have are probably going to be, you know, more towards medical stuff that they're not going to want to sit and <laughs> read through. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so, Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But uh, Rini, it was an absolute pleasure uh, speaking to you. And you know, I, I I think I told you this. I didn't have any specific expectations, and yet you somehow surpassed them. You know, so I really appreciate <laughs> you sharing. Work. Yeah, really appreciate you being on and taking uh, time out of. Uh, you know, your wifely duties, your mom duties and everything. Um, I know I know that's something that you hold near and dear to your heart. So I really appreciate you taking that time. But uh, until then, um, you know, you guys stay tuned if the Lord wills for a part two where we can talk about some other things. I don't, I don't even want to give away the potential topics here. You guys will just have to tune in to find out. But until then, uh, grace and peace to you all. If you haven't like, uh, if you haven't already like, shared, subscribe, or caution no paper. And if you don't do that, then you're just another hater. So appreciate all of you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Rini, you want to say bye to my uh, listeners? Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me and prove all things. Don't take what I say. Go to the word of God. Do those word searches and study, 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 good. study. That's good. Well done. Well, until then, this has been The Pushback and we will see you next time.